What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys have had a fantastic weekend. It was a huge weekend in the world of pro wrestling, and we are going to get into all of that in just a second. But as we like to do, a big shout out to everybody who hangs out with us on social media. It was a busy social media weekend as well. So if you're not doing so, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter at The Faction Show. And shout out to all of you who are joining us by way of podcast. If you're listening to us, thank you so much. If you are not subscribed, go ahead and click that subscribe button. And while you do that, go ahead and rate and leave a comment for us on your preferred podcast platform. And if it's your first time tuning into The Faction, welcome aboard. I promise it's going to be a fun, fun time and a fun, fun ride with us here at The Faction. So as I mentioned, it's been a huge weekend in the world world of pro wrestling across several desks. I'm going to touch on as much as we can in the time that we have. Let's start with Friday Night Smackdown, which saw the long-awaited debut of the WWE Thunderdome. WWE, of course, has moved their performance situations from the Performance Center in Orlando to the Amway Center, also in Orlando. Now, the Amway Center has been the host, of course, to lots of WWE. WWE programming, which included its Hall of Fame ceremonies whenever WrestleMania has been in town, along with countless episodes of Raw and SmackDown. Well, the Thunderdome is a whole new situation with over 1,000 screens involved, and it's your first opportunity since the pandemic hit for you to be able to see fans represented in WWE. Now, let me just say this before we get into any of the details for SmackDown, NXT TakeOver, and SummerSlam, that WWE belongs in an arena. Not only do they belong in an arena, but they belong in an arena with a representation of fans. So it was visually stunning. It felt right. And all of a sudden, it kind of put what seemed to be the pandemic era of WWE behind us. Yes, we were able to hear crowd noise, even if it was pumped in. To me, it didn't matter because we got to see fans represented and they moved out of the Performance Center and into this Thunderdome, which was absolutely amazing. And my thoughts aren't alone because it impacted the ratings as well. We tell you every Monday about the SmackDown ratings and check it out. SmackDown had a huge draw in comparison to previous weeks as they drew an average of 2.168 million viewers, which was up from last week's 1.979 million viewers. So in essence, an additional 200,000 viewers tuned into SmackDown. That's a win. And for SmackDown, it's the first time that they've crossed the 2 million mark since the June 26th episode of SmackDown. That's really, really significant. So think about it. They've gone almost two full months without hitting two million viewers on SmackDown. And it was a great, great show. It started with Mr. McMahon. And so, you know, Vince McMahon starts in the center of the ring. It's going to be a big night, a face off between the monster Braun Strowman and the fiend Bray Wyatt interrupted, strangely enough, by 
retribution and a whole bunch of craziness for that particular night, which included, of course, a title change as we have a new intercontinental champion. Jeff Hardy defeats AJ Styles to win the intercontinental championship in the Thunderdome on SmackDown. So huge, huge night there. Congratulations to the WWE, which was really the setup for a huge weekend as, of course, it's SummerSlam weekend. NXT TakeOver 30 took place, and boy, was that absolutely nuts, as that, of course, took place at Full Sail Arena. So, again, a lot of things getting back to kind of what we know uh, as regular activity. NXT TakeOver back at their home in Full Sail and it was a crazy night. So it started off with Breezango in the pre-show, winning a triple threat tag team match to become the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Finn Balor defeats Timothy Thatcher. Damian Priest becomes the new NXT North American Champion by winning a five-way ladder match. Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. Uh, a, I'm glad that Adam Cole won the match, but what a performance from Pat McAfee. Let me just say this. McAfee is very easy to hate, and I certainly am not a fan, but to watch what he did for a first match was absolutely unbelievable. So shout out to him. Io Shirai retains the NXT Women's Championship by defeating Dakota Kai, and Karrion Cross becomes the new NXT Champion by defeating Keith Lee. But the match itself was not without its casualties, as we now know that Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, suffered a separated shoulder during the match. And so with that, it's going to be interesting to see what that means for his potential title reign. Uh, he's going to have an MRI today to determine the full extent of the injury. Will that impact him as the NXT champion? Only time will tell. But what we do know is this Wednesday night, NXT will again be live. So we've got a whole new paradigm with the Thunderdome here, WWE back to live programming. And so we'll certainly be getting an update all throughout the week on Karrion Cross. As we find something out, we will let you know by way of social media. Now, everything wasn't all WWE this weekend as AEW Dynamite made its first appearance on a Saturday night as a result of the NBA playoffs. And boy, did we get to see a ton of action. Now, there are a couple of really big ticket items that I want to talk about from here. First of all, the absolute domination of Cody Rhodes and him losing the TNT championship to Mr. Brody Lee of the Dark Order. And they wreaked pure havoc on all things AEW. Major move. I was Honestly surprised by the dominant performance by Mr. Brody Lee. Not that he couldn't do it, but Cody has been on such a roll defending the TNT Championship ever since he won it at Double or Nothing back in May. So this was a big, big moment, uh, and I hope most of us didn't miss the significance of the moment. We'll be getting an update on Cody Rhodes this Thursday as Dynamite hits the airwaves. And mind you, Dynamite will be welcoming fans back at 10% capacity. Tickets went on sale Friday, certain that they've sold out for what they are going to sell for. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a significant moment, and I am intrigued to see how AEW responds to the Thunderdome live fans always makes a difference even if it's only at 10% capacity of daily 
place. It'll be interesting to see how they're spread out, but boy, how exciting it will be to have fans back in pro wrestling for AEW. The other big ticket item to talk about from AEW is this dream match that's about to happen at all out. So we have seen a number of folks from the NWA show up at All Elite Wrestling. We saw Ricky Starks. We saw Eddie Kingston. We've seen a number of folks show up who were once in the NWA. Now, they have all been signed to contracts in AEW. But boy, what a crazy moment happened when we saw on the Videotron a challenge for the AEW World Women's Championship from, of all people, the NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa. And the match is going to happen at all out. So there's a lot of significance to that for me. If you remember, the original iteration of All Out was All In before the birth of All Elite Wrestling. And it was there that there was an NWA title match between the NWA champion Nick Aldis and one Cody Rhodes, where Cody would win the NXT championship. So to see a potential budding relationship again between the NWA and AEW is very very significant I think it's also significant because we don't know the nature of or if there is still a relationship between the NWA and Ring of Honor but let's just keep it a buck right a relationship between the NWA and AEW I think has a lot more potential for the NWA than perhaps one with Ring of Honor though they could keep all of those relationships open we don't know but what we do know is Labor Day weekend September the 5th we're going to see a first time ever NWA versus AEW championship match with the AEW Women's Championship on the line. It's going to be amazing. And many of us are fans of Thunder Rosa. I know I am. And so it's going to be intriguing to see what happens there. And all of that is leading up to, of course, the return of the NWA. On Tuesday, September the 15th, as you know, or as we've alluded to before, it will not be on YouTube, but instead it will be on Fight TV as it will start their weekly pay-per-views, which should be very interesting to pay attention to. So that's Saturday. That leads us into SummerSlam from last night, where the WWE told us we wouldn't see it coming. And usually when they tell us those things, they're right. And indeed, they were right. We had some very intriguing things. And let me just say this again. A pay-per-view like SummerSlam, not emanating from the Performance Center, but emanating from the WWE Thunderdome, it just felt right. And so I'm super, super glad that happened. It kicked off with Apollo Crews retaining the U.S. Championship against MVP. We saw uh, an interesting thing happen with Bailey, Sasha, and Asuka. Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka, but Sasha Banks would lose the Raw Women's Championship to Asuka, and so it makes a very interesting streak for Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks could be the Susan Lucci of the WWE women's division. Now, what do you mean? Now, Susan Lucci, of course, uh, it took her like 16, 17, 18 years to finally win an Emmy award for her performance on All My Children. But the flip side to it is Sasha Banks has been a five-time women's singles champion, but never has she successfully defended the title 
And that proved true last night against Asuka. The Street Profits retained the Raw Tag Team Championships against Andrade and Angel Garza. Mandy Rose defeats Sonya Deville in a no-disqualification loser-leaves WWE match. I have a thought on that I'm going to share in a second. Seth Rollins defeats Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. Drew McIntyre gets the win over Randy Orton to retain the championship, and we've got a new WWE Universal Champion as The Fiend defeats Braun Strowman in a Falls Count Anywhere match. We're going to talk about what happened at the end of that match in a second, but I want to go back to Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. So in my head, I was thinking, how is this going to play out? But I think I realized what happened. On one hand, I was thinking perhaps Mandy Rose will lose because Sonya Deville has absolutely been on a tear in WWE. It seemed like she was on her road to doing something significant and perhaps even having a title run. Mandy Rose had seemingly been off of TV for a while. But then I thought about it. Who have they invested more in in WWE? And really, all of that may mean nothing in comparison to this. Last week, Sonya Deville had a break-in in her house. It was all over the news. It really proved to be a very dangerous situation, a stalker that she has had for quite some time. And so part of me wonders if this was her out an opportunity to be able to leave WWE and leave public life so that perhaps her life can return to some degree of normalcy. We'll get you more information on perhaps her reasons for leaving, but that's just my hypothesis, which seems, at least in my mind, to make a lot of sense. So we certainly wish Sonya Deville well. I don't know if we'll see her showing up in AEW, the NWA, or any of these other places. I will also say this, though. It has been a full five years that since both Sonya and Mandy were apart of WWE Tough Enough, which ultimately brought them in front of the world and ultimately led to them getting contracts. So we're talking about a five-year run that perhaps is over for Sonya Deville. We definitely wish her well. Also, while we're there, last night was the final night for Renee Young in WWE. We talked about the story on Instagram and Facebook last week that there were rumors that she had given her notice. Well, not only had she given her notice, but last night was her final night with the company. And so we wish her well. Certainly huge contributions she has made to the WWE and really to the women's movement from a broadcast perspective. I mean, think about all she's done. The first woman to serve as an announcer for NXT, the first time female announcer on Raw. She, of course, broke barriers in Saudi Arabia. She hosted Talking Smack. She hosted WWE Backstage on FS1. A lot of great things have happened for her. She met, of course, her husband, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. So a lot of potential things. Will she show up in AEW? I don't know. I think one thing we as wrestling fans have to get good with is the fact that sometimes when people leave WWE, it's not necessarily to go to AEW. Sometimes it's really because they have another career path. She's not a lifelong wrestling fan. She's not a lifelong wrestling junkie. She's been in the industry for about eight years. So I don't know, but we certainly wish Renee Young well. Before we go, we're going to talk about the end of SummerSlam, which none of us saw coming, and it saw the return 
of Roman Reigns. Now, when he came in and speared the new champion, The Fiend, it looked like it could have been Seth Rollins. But boy, first of all, Roman Reigns has lost weight. He is absolutely jacked. He's got this new shirt on and he decimated the monster Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. And when you listen to some of the things he said, it asks the question, did we just see a Roman Reigns heel turn? Did the fans get something that they've asked for? Now, I know many wanted a John Cena heel turn, but a Roman Reigns heel turn is just as good. And now he's coming back saying, hey, none of you would exist without me. So this is going to be very interesting. It's definite cause to check out Raw. I don't know if he's going to end up on SmackDown on Friday night. Uh, he was signed to SmackDown, so I guess that would make sense. But uh, wow, the return of Roman Reigns, another big shot in the arm for WWE. So by all accounts, SummerSlam weekend was a huge success title changes, uh, a new universal champion, a new Raw Women's champion, um, and of course, the return of Roman Reigns, the return of virtual fans to the WWE, the first pay-per-view in a Thunderdome, and we'll talk about next week's pay-per-view uh, perhaps later this week, but all in all, it was a win for WWE, AEW Dynamite was amazing, it was a win for pro wrestling, a great, great weekend. I want to get your thoughts. On this weekend, SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver. Oh, and by the way, tonight, Monday Night Raw, the debut of former NXT champion and North American champion, Keith Lee, which says to me, his time in NXT is likely done. Interesting times for sure in the world of pro wrestling. Keith Lee on Monday Night Raw tonight should be amazing. All right, let's get your thoughts on all of these things by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And of course, uh, again, rate and leave a comment for this podcast on your preferred podcast platform. We're going to get out of here. Here's to an amazing Monday and an incredible week for you until next time it's me and gb gerard bonner representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively were known as the faction I my people. Here we go.